Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, hello, amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. So, you know, we're all in the summer mode and I'm enjoying my summer. Are you enjoying your summer? It's been a whirlwind, right? Every summer is a bit different nowadays. And so what I wanted to do is something very special. And I wanted to compile some amazing episodes and do what I like to call a throwback on some hottest episodes for you. And so in particular, I wanted to have a theme for this summer. And the theme is dreaming big, dreaming big. And as you all know, when I started this podcast, I had no clue what was going to happen. And fast forward two years later, I'm just in awe of the amount of love from all of you amigas out there. And I'm so grateful to you all. And so I wanted to do like this throwback summer session because a lot of you are probably enjoying your summers and me too. So this throwback session is going to be about dreaming big. And in particular, I wanted to encourage you to re-listen to these podcasts, but I wanted just at least have a couple of them for you to enjoy during your holiday. Well, as they say in Europe, holiday, or here in, in America, we say vacation. And so just wanted to bring these hot episodes over to you since it's hot over here in Los Angeles. And in particular, I wanted you to take a listen back to Inspiring Young Latinas to Dream Big in episode 58. And then also episode 64, which is setting intentions for 2022. That episode was special as well because it was at the beginning of the year and we set these intentions. So I'm wondering, did you set your intentions and what are they? Are they coming to fruition? Are you dreaming big enough? So in episode 79, I wanted to bring it back as well because the CEO of your life with Dr. Veronica Estrada, a lot of you made amazing comments. And I think that in order to dream big, we all need to be the CEOs of our lives, whether, whether it's actually a CEO of a company or just being the CEO, the mom, the, the CEO of your life. And so I really wanted to bring back these episodes for you so that you can dream big, continue to dream big. We are now in month August and are these things happening for you? So remember, nothing is happening to you, but rather everything is happening for you. So I wanted to bring back these episodes for you so that you can enjoy your summer and go back and listen to these to these amazing women who have paved the way 
in dreaming big. And so go back and listen to these episodes. I love you. And I will definitely be returning with new episodes. You wait and see. Make sure you comment on Apple Podcasts. I'd love a review. Five star is much appreciated because the only way this podcast can survive is by the amazing reviews that you put forth on Apple Podcasts. So thank you. Thank you for listening. I love you. And I will definitely be hearing from you soon. And enjoy. One thing is to speak in front of a mic with nobody looking at you except for your husband. (laughs) And another thing is to speak to actual people. But just to see those faces, I saw my mom. I saw my mom in that audience. And I just felt like this is the daughter. I'm representing their daughter, you know? And then to meet powerful women on the panel. What do you intend for the year 2022? What's a burning desire that you hope to accomplish in this year of 2022? What is this intention you have? Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this with these crazy, amazing Latinas. Um, Super excited to share. So 2022, my intention is I'm working on another book um, in collaboration with uh, some authors, women, and we're going to talk about a legacy. And, you know, post-COVID, COVID gave me the opportunity to really pause and re- think things and redesign uh, what I wanted and what my, what my life looked like. So as I go into 2022, I've decided what is my legacy? My children, my daughter will be going off to college. My son will be right behind her. And you, you get to an age where, you know, you do all this planning and then all of a sudden it's here. The kids are grown up, they're going to college and you just look at, boy, what do I want to leave them? So this year for me is really about who am I and what do I, sorry, my dog is right behind me. She loves to get comfortable. Uh, What do I want my kids to know me for? You know, so the focus for me will be relationships. I made a vow 25 years ago that I would never, ever, ever be a part of anything, any belief system, any group um, that were unkind to people. And I've lived a life of being kind to people who don't know me, who will never know me, and who other people think don't deserve kindness. And this year, 2021, I leave it with some experiences of people very close to me that have been very unkind to people I love. And as my children watch how I handle situations, I thought I'm going into 2022 that my kids will know for sure that forget what I've done or what I've accomplished. I want them to know their mom was one of the kindest people that ever walked this earth. And to do that just by the way I live, by the way I talk, and by the the association that I keep, And not to be afraid to let go of relationships that have expired or that no longer serve my mission and my purpose. So again, what are the intentions? Um, Live much more authentically, live much more to my purpose. You know, I shared with you that I, I retired. So every day is a Friday right now, but I love inspiring. I love building women up. I love um, building the Latina culture and creating uh, opportunities for women to live a life with this and that. And so I will be doing more speaking. I'm, I'm going to be on your panel and I can't wait for that conference. I'm finishing up a trademark on a, another book series that will specifically talk about who we are and the rights that we were born with and how we exercise those rights and how many people have lost sight of their God-given right, their life right, their human right to just be good, kind people. So I'm excited about those projects coming up. I'm excited to venture into my daughter's first year of college 
and um, navigate my son's last year of high school and um, look at what the future holds for my husband and I as we look at soon being empty nesters and really building a, a foundation so that the next 50 years are crazy amazing. Oh my God. Anne-Marie, I, can I just, can I just hang out with you all the time? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's so, I mean, obviously it is so impressive what you are doing, what you have accomplished and where you're moving forward with, with another book. Um, but, but for me, what really resonates with me is that you are being a part of a group that is kind and letting go of those that are unkind because it's especially now more than ever it's happening. It's like people are very, some people are very unkind. And I think that that leads to disrespect that leads to all the ugliness that is all low vibration. And, and, you know, knowing you, you, have that ability to distinguish between what is good and what is not and know that that you step away from those unkind individuals whether it's family or whether it's some stranger whatever because you know that they're not elevating your vibe your vibration right exactly and you never you know i think it's during covid during the the different political views that we've gone through in the last couple of years, people don't even realize why they believe what they believe, but they just know that it's the way it's always been done. And when that belief system hurts people, I think you've got to sit back and reevaluate because we're all born with a moral compass we all know, we get that feeling when we know that we shouldn't have done something or said something. And when you give that power to other people or an organization or a religion, who are you? And I don't think you're living your authentic self. I don't think that you think you've given away your power and you've given away a part of your soul. Mm-hmm. And I was a part of a, a a really different religion years ago, and I, I vowed that I, I wouldn't ever treat people unkindly, and I would never make people feel inferior or less than because they didn't have the privileges I did. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think going through COVID and going through these last few years, you really see it that there's a lot of people that hurt and when you just smile at them or you compliment them, you never know the difference that that's going to make in their life. And, you know, we had a situation with my daughter uh, a few months ago and I was totally caught by surprise by a situation that happened that she was, you know, a, a victim of. And I hugged her and I said, I don't know how we're going to fix this, but together we're going to figure this out. And you know, it meant the difference to her. And she told me just recently, she goes, mom, when you did that, like I knew together, we were going to figure this out. And I realized sometimes that's all people need. They don't need the answer, but just a little hug. Like, I don't know what the answer is, but we're going to figure this out together. And I'm on your team. And that really is that intention for 2022 to be that person that I'm not going to have the answers. I'm not even going to pretend I will, but you are going to get a hug out of me and say, we're going to figure this out together and I'm on your side and right or wrong. I'm not going to judge you, but we're going to figure this out because at the end of the day, you being a healthy person makes this world a better place. We all believe this and, and we genuinely want those around us to love and appreciate one another for who they are, not for what the belief systems they have, but for just being human, right? Like it's it's just humanity. You know, we all need hugs. (laughs) We all need hugs. I know I need them. We all need them. And we all want compassion. And we want, we, we just want to feel 
what is it enough that we're all enough? So it's important to teach the little ones that lesson when they're young. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because they're always watching you. Mm -hmm. Always, always. And even like little things, little words that you say, always, you know, I, Alexia watches me do meditation and now watches her daddy do meditation. And so she now understands the concept of being silent and meditating and affirming how beautiful she is, how magnificent she is, how amazing she is. And those are tools that are so easy and so simple, but yet so powerful. Mm -hmm. So powerful, right? 2022, if the world could listen to this podcast and just get just one thing out of it, is that, that to know that anything is possible, be kind, be of service, give, 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 give. Because the more you give, the more you're going to receive. Yeah. Right? I really feel that 2022 is going to be abundant in so many ways. In mm-hmm. so many ways. And even in the unlikely ways. Because those are the, when you get surprised, then you and you get like, whoa, God, wow. <laughs> I, didn't, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't imagine that. And that's the power of the universe, the power that our divine has. And I truly believe that in 2022, if we took more self-care, like like, uh, Vero says, you know, start building a legacy and surrounding ourselves with kind people and inspiring every Monday, every day. Man. People want to hang out with us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we have to try to stay in our joy no matter what is going on out there. Because yes. we don't know what 2022 is going to bring, right? Mm-hmm. We're kind of used to now being in an era of not knowing what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the new normal is change. Constant and fast change and, and so no matter what is going on yeah we have to adapt mm-hmm. no matter what is happening keep your joy mm-hmm. yeah navigate sh- it and figure out you know what what's gonna make you happy through it all yes sometimes it is just being still and meditating jackie i sent you something i listened to today and feel free to share it with the rest of the amigas but It really resonated with me that we spend a lot of time thinking about the past and thinking about things that have happened Mm -hmm. and not enough time thinking about what our future, what we want our future to look like and what we imagine that looking like. And I thought of that when you talked about meditation, because one of the things meditation does is makes you stop and really freeze in the moment and breathe and when you get a chance to listen to it I think one of the other intentions I have for 2022 is to be in constant awe of what I want my future to look like Mm -hmm. stay in the present but instead of looking at the past and what happened and hurt and this person did that build muscle with our memory of what the future looks like and what what's on our vision board you know as we're talking about our intentions what does that look like for 2022 and get excited about that because i feel it's so important to know where we're from in order to actually really appreciate where you are right now because who we were back then is certainly not who we are today. So, Amiga, please tell us, like, where are you from? Were you born in the States? Who are your family members? I mean, like, literally. (laughs) Okay. So I was actually born in Pasadena, California. Uh, My mom is actually from Sinaloa, from Culiacán, Sinaloa. My dad's from Jalisco, a small town called, uh, oh gosh, what is it called? Uh, um, yeah, I went black. Ah, Ciudad Guzman. 
And so my parents met here in El Sereno, and I am the youngest of three. So my dad actually um, worked really hard to change our trajectory. So when he was younger, he came here to the States when he was about, I think, nine years old. My grandfather was a bracero. So he was, you know, working up and down California, specifically Pasadena. That's exactly where he was located. So historically, if you come to Pasadena, Orange Groves, what Orange Grove Street was actually groves of oranges. And so that's where my grandfather would work. Um, so my, my dad went to school here, went to high school here, fell in love with my mom in Sereno, and they got married. And, uh, but my dad's trajectory was different. He said that he was working, washing dishes. And one day he read an article about what would happen to his life. He would, if he would go to college. And so he went to PCC, which is Pasadena City College. And he was talking to his counselor and he said, you know, I want to transfer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be this. And his counselor told him, no, you should be a gardener. Your people should be a gardener. Your people should go cut hair. Your people should go be a mason. And my dad got really upset. And he's like, no, I'm going to go to college. I really want to go to college. And so my, my dad is a self-made man. He pretty much, you know, was raised by himself. And so he has big faith in God. My, my dad has a big faith in God. Oh so he God. transferred and he went to college and he became a mechanical engineer. And he changed our trajectory. I'm very proud of my father. Um, and my mom, she was a housewife. She dedicated her whole life to us, which is myself, my brother, and my sister. So I'm the youngest of three. And my mom, you know, didn't make it to high school or, or anything like that. She does have a low-level education. Um, but she did the best that she could to raise us. And we always had educación de la casa. So we were always like, from, from my mom being from Sinaloa, you know, very, very she, she would always make sure that we dressed up and we took pride in our appearance. And so that's that's how I started. And so I am the... First one in my family to have the highest education. So I am first gen and I do consider myself first gen college educated woman because my father worked so much. I really, I rarely saw him. All I knew is that he wanted us to go to college, um, but he didn't really tell us how to do it. And so I just knew I had to do it. And I think about all of the racism that he went through when he was, you know, a student and everything he had to overcome in order to give us a different trajectory. Um, so I am the first one in my family to have the highest level of education. So the challenge for me is not being able to relate to my mom and being raised specifically by my mom, making sure, you know, do good in school, whatever that meant. Cause I really didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how to, um, I didn't know how to, to study. I had dyslexia and my first language is Spanish, right? So I had that ESL background in that sense, but it was really hard for me to learn. And so I, I thought I was, you know, not very smart and education found me. Mm-hmm. I was surrounded by educators that wanted me to succeed. And I was in the second grade where I started working with someone um, so I could overcome my dyslexia. I still have it. There's sometimes I'm like, ooh, wait a second. Those letters, I, I, I kind of like uh, get them a little confused. <clears throat> so education found me and there was such power in that. But being a, a Latina woman that had maybe English issues, speaking English issues, um, I was very insecure. I had very low self-esteem. And I went to school. My parents put me in private school. And there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me. So I felt very isolated, not only at home because I'm trying to educate myself and um, my mom is doing the best she could to understand what that means for me. I felt very isolated going to an all-girls school in Pasadena that was very prestigious. So I would get comments like, what type of Mexican are you? Like the type of Mexicans I know are like my gardener or like my housekeeper. And I was like, did she really just say that to me? But I guess you just don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So my, my, yeah, my parents' way of giving me a different life was putting me um, 
in a in in a school that's going to give me the best education but that school injured me i wasn't able to celebrate my culture um and there was people that just some some people that look like me but uh, after that you know i ended up going to college and i was academically unavailable but socially aware that was my favorite line in grad school because say it again say it again I was academically unavailable but socially aware. I just knew at 18 I wanted to leave my house. Um it was a prison in the sense that I was raised very strict, very traditional Latina, couldn't go out, couldn't spend the night at anybody's house. Um and then all my friends had all this freedom and I had not that much freedom until I really rebelled. My I would say like my junior senior year in high school because of the culture clash. but i wanted to go away and i went away to san luis obispo capoli san luis obispo i was a biochemistry major cuz guess yo they're like you got to go be a, a, an attorney a doctor like something that's prestigious right yeah. yeah and i realized i went into biochemistry and i'm like i hate this this is horrible <laughs> like what am i doing i'm failing out of school i i was failing out of school and i met this man named dr gonzales and he changed my life he saw something in me that i didn't see in myself and he gave me opportunities he was mentoring me and showed me all about higher education i'm like well how much do you make oh okay you're vice president of a university you make this amount of money and it looks like so much fun So he started my trajectory going into higher education and I did go into student services and um then I realized that there wasn't a lot of respect for administrators anymore like when I went to college we respect administration we respect the president but as there was this huge shift where it's like administration is the enemy and I just didn't like to be around that anymore and i changed my trajectory i ended up becoming a college professor because i felt like i could make a bigger change in the classroom and i didn't realize it until a lot of my students were like you're the first latina i've ever had and i would you know joke around with my cheese you know like those dichos and yeah. i would put the dichos into the class and my students were the ones that could relate to me uh in my culture um felt connection for the first time and i didn't realize jackie that i was bringing a cultural piece into the classroom because academically it's very eurocentric yeah. right yeah i just was like what is this word where is the dictionary like what am i <laughs> but there isn't those cultural nuances right and so right I realized wow like I have an opportunity to bring in my lived experiences my cultural background into the classroom and share and it was so powerful because now I have students that look like me that had have a voice and can relate to a professor and then all of a sudden I didn't realize that I had a following and that's when I realized because as I was educating myself um as a woman deconstructing all the traditional social and gender roles to reconstruct myself as an independent career woman i realized at that moment that i was healing myself through education and in the classroom i'm teaching my students to heal as well especially not just my latina students but my my latino students too about how our cultural norms our gender norms really limit our thinking or really limit our opportunity just yesterday i was working with a thesis student and her boyfriend kept calling her like why aren't you here come and help me with the business and i said this is your time you're investing in yourself but you know are you soyla you know gas is todo or are you going to you know put yourself first it's okay like just the whole idea of putting myself first we learn to put ourselves last mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and as we become educated women we realize that we're trying to fit into systems that don't fit us anymore yes and that's why i talk about deconstructing all the cultural 
and gender norms that we learn, all that implicit bias of how we see ourselves behind a man, how we see ourselves as putting ourselves last, as we see ourselves, well, I better not tell people that I'm getting educated because my, they're going to say, mira, se cree tanto, mejor que no, no sé qué, you know, and so I learned to keep myself so small. And if you think about that, why? Because my culture tells me to, because I need to know my place as a woman within my own culture. I, I didn't fit into those systems anymore. Yes. So I had to deconstruct that and I had to construct my own system. And I get to define what it is to be an educated Latina. I'm a single mom. I get to define the type of mom I want to be for my daughter as a single mom. I got to have so much power in that. And I realized that prior to that, I gave away my personal power to the culture of que dirá la gente, está divorciada, or oh, tal y tal. Like that just keeps you small. That keeps you insignificant. You give away your power. And therefore, my whole, my whole journey is to heal through education. Oh my God, I'm going to mic drop, <laughs> OMG, like how do I even go back? So many amazing points that you made, wow, from racism to deconstructing to now, you know, really digging really deep into all these implicit biases and also just, I mean, how you get to be as a Latina, how you decide how you show up versus fitting into these systems, these paradigms built by a different culture, not by our culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love what you're saying. Oh, my God. Just even the, like going back to your father experiencing racism, like that is, wow. And then you having to go through, co through college and high school and high school also experiencing racism, implicit racism, because it wasn't like purposefully because they had no idea, but those undertones get ingrained into our brain and into our heart and our soul. And it's not until now when we start deconstructing that we start digging in and uncovering bit by bit, layer by layer. So that we can be our authentic selves and be who we want to be. I'm so excited that you are part of my, my tribe. <laughs> I'm so excited too, Jackie. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you and I had this conversation while we we're having breakfast and how we want to heal, heal through education. So tell us, like, what do you, in your mind, what, what kinds of things should we look out for? Well, first of all, I think what's really important is to get to know yourself and get to know your stories of shame. So for me, I, I had a lot of shame in some, in not understanding how to express my Latina side of myself. So I wear my centenario. This is my grandmother's. And this is very cultural to me. My earrings, my red lipstick, like this is for me, my femininity. This is what it means for me to be Latina. Plus my, plus there's a lot more. But what I learned when I was little was the way women are viewed within a very traditional culture is of an assistant, right? You're my assistant. You work for me kind of a thing. But I learned that through that, you start to learn to really like hate yourself in the sense that I can't do that or not now, or maybe later. You're always like making not like you may make excuses or you might not take those chances or those calculated risks because of the imposter syndrome or your low self-esteem or the lack of role models, right? Of women just being fearless and living in their truth, in their passion. Like, I cannot say that I saw any females like that in my life. That was my father, right? So it's really interesting that my father wanted more for me than to be a housewife. 
He would sit and talk to me and tell me about all of the opportunities, but I got kind of mixed messages, right? Because at the same time, I was raised as a traditional Latina. So what I realized that you only see, your eyes will only see what it's meant for you. So there was opportunities that would come and I'm like, no, I can't do it. No, I don't have the qualifications. You know, here I am talking myself down where everybody was like, but you're so smart and you're so this. I didn't feel smart because, you know, I carry the injury of uh, being ESL student, making me fun of for like not speaking proper English or using wrong terminology, right? Um, or having the dyslexia, right? Or you just carry these like stories of pain and shame. It, and it is, it's, and I, I'm sorry to, to no. cut you off, but, but these stories of pain and shame, in my experience, has been everyone, everyone, everyone. But it's, it takes someone like yourself to see a different path. Because if you don't have the mentors, the role models, how are you going to change? You only rise to the level that you are exposed to. Yep. I agree. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You're only going to rise the level that you're exposed to 100% correct. So I always look toward for mentors. Yeah. And with that, I realized like my, one of the most beloved mentors that I have is Dr. Yasmin Davids. I went through her program that changed my life. I told her, Dr. Davids, you gave me life. Um, because we're educated women, right? It doesn't stop in school trying to figure out like the whole educational system, but you're now a career woman, right? And how do you ask for a raise? How do you navigate something that you can't go home and really have a conversation? like with your mom about these things, right? Um, yeah, so you feel so isolated. You feel so lonely, right? So for me, what happened was I was able to go back and really look at all the, the stories of shame and pain and give it the same value that I could say, yes, my name is Dr. Veronica Strada. I have a doctorate from USC. And this also happened to me. I'm divorced, you know, I'm a survivor of sexual assault. It does not own me anymore. And what I learned is I rather tell my story than have someone else tell my story and get it wrong. And I am so proud of everything that happened to me. I will own it. And people that understand me will not criticize me. It's like the whole man in the arena speech. That if you're in there getting your ass kicked, somebody else that understands that is going to be there by your side. And people that don't understand will criticize you. So what I learned was, Jackie, would you ever take advice from someone you don't respect? Oh, hell no. So why <laughs> no do you way. take somebody's criticism? Exactly. And you know what? I'm glad that you're saying that, Veronica. Um, because here's the thing. I mean, you and I have similar backgrounds, similar experiences. It's crazy. I just turned 65 this year. So I'm in the, you know, latter stage yeah. of, of, uh, of my career and my life. Not my life, hopefully, because my mom's still alive. She's 91. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah. as you get older and you reflect on the things you do, and I think Latinas in general, sometimes we're our own worst critics, right? Mm -hmm. We compare ourselves or we say, I should have done this or I should have done a better job on this or that or I should have earned more money. I should have saved more money. I should have, you know, done all these things. And so as you get older, you have more things to reflect upon. And so hearing that something that I did because always making connections, not to benefit myself, but to help other people has been a passion of mine. And so to hear that I did make a difference, I mean, that right there is, is really, you guys oh, yeah. made my, my year. Thank you. We're going to buy these books for your school library. Woo! I that love like, that. You did that. Yes. 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 Did that because she raised her voice. 
I would have never done that in the third or fourth of the grade because I didn't know that these women existed. But Amabella is aware, like all of our girls and boys are aware. Yes. And that is power. That is power. That is so much. Oh my God. Wow. So that just says, Anna, we've done something right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my she God. shared this story. I was like in tears. I was like, this, this is why we did this. This is it. And it was so important. Our selection of women, we, it's a diverse group of women. You know, I mentioned earlier, I'm kind of in the winter season of my career, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to continue to pursue my dreams. I'm a very creative person. And so I know that there's a second act to whatever I'm going to do. And I'm excited for that. I mean, that's, you know, I wish I could do it now, but, you know, I still have a few more years in order to financially prepare, but I'm ready to do that second. And I think that the second act, for those of you who are scared or thinking, you know, my life's over and you're only 30 years old or 20 and thinking, I, you know, I didn't go to college or, you know, I didn't get the dream job that I thought I was going to get or I'm not where I'm at. Hey. Life goes on and never give up on your dreams. Uh, age is just a number, you know? Yes. It's a number. Thank you for yes. saying that. Thank you for saying that because I've gotten questions. Are you scared? Are you sure of that decision that you made? And many people might question and say, I made the stupid decision in my life of leaving an amazing place. But others will say, you made the greatest decision of your life by leaving an amazing place that gave you so much but that you were not being fulfilled. I'm not saying I wasn't happy. Of course I was happy, but I was too comfortable. I was too um, stagnant. I became too settled in. Yeah. And I don't like to be settled in. I like to be all over the place and do more and, and see more and give more. And Omar is like, we do a beautiful job every day of making people happy, putting a smile on their face, informing, entertaining. But that's for our people, for the community. But what about for us? You know, there comes a time where you want to do other things that fulfill your other half of your heart. And that's, and the age shouldn't stop us. I'm 46 and I feel like I'm unstoppable right now for some reason. I got more tools because I've gained experience through the years. And, and the age, it's, it's al contrario. Look at the yeah. years of experience thanks to that number. Yeah, yes. Absolutely agree with you 1000%. I feel that I, I don't know about y'all, but being in the forties has really opened up my eyes to bigger things. Like mm -hmm. I felt I was so limited in just in the law and yeah, there's honorable things and blah, 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 and you, you know, all that stuff. But there was something brewing in me that I could not just keep it quiet. Uh -huh. It's like, I, yes, I'm serving clients and whatnot, but I just like, I know I can use my gifts and talents in another way. And putting this podcast is one of my gifts and talents to showcase beautiful women such as yourselves, to showcase the love, the guidance, the love, the divine through you onto the rest of the world finding that the support that we're getting not just from the latino community the latinx community we're getting it from outside as well and that's that there's this beauty right so Ahili and i talked about in creating this we wanted to be we wanted to build bridges mm. my my background my corporate background was in philanthropy fundraising I raised money for some of the world's largest organizations and I did it for over 20 years. And I loved what I did. And I always would say like, yes, we raised money for these organizations, but I'm in the business of building bridges. Mm -hmm. I'm in the business of connecting people. I am about relationships, thoughtful ask, best intentions, putting your best foot forward, making positive changes, bringing community together, whatever you can do in your like making an impact can happen in your backyard because that could have a domino effect, right? And so in doing this, we've been finding the outreach, the hands that are coming in 
are not just the color of our hands. There's all these beautiful multicolor and the beauty of sisterhood. Oh my gosh. So we committed, Adelia and I have committed and we said, you know what? We don't care the number. We want to have these discussions. We want to be in these social circles. So we don't know anything about law. We don't know anything about real estate, right? We, right. we don't care. <laughs> we want to be in these groups having a conversation with moms, with tias, with dads, talking about empowering our generation. Yes. That's what we want to do. We want to make yeah. sure that we are, we are there and we are starting and we're having this dialogue that is moving forward um, because it's not stopping with us. We're taking the leads from all the other wonderful Latina and, and Latino uh, authors and publishers and illustrators. We're, we're going along and we're on that path with them. There's so much. The void is huge. We need huge. more people to come step up and say, let's put our stories out there. So we don't want to complain. Yeah. Right. Oh my. We handled our shit. We said, hell oh, yeah. That's it. This is what we're going to do. We're, we're going to, we're not going to complain. So we don't know, we don't know self-publishing, but you know what? We can figure it out. We don't know how yeah. to launch a book. Okay. Who cares if we fail? Well, for the next time, it'll be better. And yeah. okay. So we're, we're losing some sleep. We'll be better for it. We lost yes. all our and we're still, we still are. But you know, it's so interesting because like Anna was saying, she has her career. I have my career. Yeah, I'm taking a pause right now in the broadcasting world, but I have my career. And you know, if you're a mom, you know how busy it is between juggling work and the career and go get the kids and the homework <laughs> and the dinner and the workouts and everything. And I'm like, yeah. when, why in the world did I take on this project <laughs> why i know i know i'm not the only mom that saw this void i know I'm not she did it and she mom. did it so gracefully but, but i saw you navigate that so many moms have seen this absence have yeah. seen how our kids come home with assignments and there's not a latina figure yeah it's there, I, moms have seen it and the moms have told me hey yeah, que bueno. so happy you guys did it because you're right they don't talk about Latina figures and not even during Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, how, why, Hannah, did we get involved? I don't know. I just felt something. I was so frustrated, maybe because I lived it as a child and I'm like, this yeah. can't repeat itself in 2018. We can blame, we can blame Roseanne. It's Roseanne's yeah. fault. <laughs> she, planted, she planted that seed. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I'm, I'm sure like Roseanne, what was it like for you? I mean, you like you're such a force and you've done yeah. so much for the community while handling full-time job a career your daughter who i just met yesterday is doing wonderful things i mean you weren't doing it all <clears throat> so for me i think as latinas we just do it like we you know Hedia, you're talking about you have a career you know how did you take this project on I always, people always ask me that, like, how do you do so much? And, and I've told my kids this all the time is that let your yes be yes and your no be no. So mm. this is how you handle your shit. If you commit to something before you commit, you better, you better follow through. Yes. And that's always for me, that's mm. been important is that if I say I'm going to do something, then I'm going to do it and I'm going to balance and find a way to do it. And so I only get involved in things that I'm passionate about, that mean something to me and that are going to make a difference, not for me personally or for my name to get out there, but for the community that I'm trying to, you know, make an impact on. And so I think that's how I've handled my shit is that, you know, I, I was a single mom and, you know, I'm so proud of, of my two adult children and my grandchildren and you know, I look back now and people say, how did you do it? How did, you know, I don't know. One day at a time. That's how I did it. One, one day, day at a time. time. Yep. One day at a time, one foot in front of the other. It's just bit by bit by bit. And, you know, one thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, how you were saying that you, you had no idea how to publish. You didn't know that you needed to have this, like, uh, what is it? The three launch. or four months, like, you know, launch yeah. and all that stuff. Right. But here's the thing. And this is the beauty of it is that action breeds clarity. Right. 
Right. So the more you act on something, the more clear you're going to get. Yes. And so I love this. And then, you know, and the fact that you have men that also love it, right? And yeah. And considering this as a movement, because amigas, this is a movement. Mm-hmm. This is a big movement. I'm so uber proud of you all. It's very interesting, Jackie, because we have the power to change our narrative. It is not, so many of us are so scared of success, not failure, right? Imagine if you live as your excellent self and you show up and all the success that you are worthy of and really live in that space and own your personal power, own your excellence, change your narrative. That's love. And put your boundaries. See, one thing growing up in a, a traditional Latina, uh, Latino like background, we had no boundaries. None, right? Uh, so when yeah. you don't have boundaries, it's really hard to practice self-love because you don't know how to shut the noise out. So when yeah. someone criticizes you, it's painful, right? Because what happened to me was I was viewing myself through the eyes of other people. But once you start to love yourself and be complete, you are going to judge yourself through your eyes and therefore the the, all that noise is just noise all that criticism won't touch you because you know your value you know your worth and you will show up as authentically you and unapologetically you and that's a process it took me a very long time with tons of mentors and hanging out with wonderful women like you you know, if you want to level up, you know, someone told me the type of questions you ask yourself is the type of life you're living. And the people that you're hanging out with is the way you see yourself, right? Yeah. And, yeah. So, mm-hmm, and that really impacted me. And so myself, I teach leadership. That's my thing. And I love it. And I love empowering women and living in their, in their, in their personal power. And teaching yeah. them to lead themselves. I always tell everybody, you are the CEO of your life. Everyone's a leader. You can get up and you can make good choices. You can make bad choices. But you have the power and we don't understand how much power we have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, leaders lead other leaders. You know, I, I just, I totally believe that. And you're right. You are the CEO of your life. I mean, completely. And and if you don't own it, then guess what? It's not going to work out for you. It's not going to, you're not going to set your boundaries. You're not going to level up because you're not owning your, your power, your superpower. Perfection doesn't exist. It's a construct that doesn't exist. And no matter how hard you try to be perfect, it is unattainable because it's not definable. You cannot define it. So I learned that it's about progress, not perfection, mm-hmm. right? As long Absolutely. as you progress in your life, perfection does not exist. You know, just get rid of that. God, yes. Oh my goodness. Music to my ears, my love. Here on Amiga Under Your Shade, I always ask my, my guests if there's one or two amazing tips on how they can handle their shit, what do you say those would be? I would say do the internal work, get Mm. to know yourself so well and love yourself in the, in the, in the way where if you did something like in a behavior that doesn't serve you, forgive yourself, but do the work and align to yourself where you know your values and align with them and say no to things that don't align to you because you're opening up the, the space of abundance for all the things that do align to you because that brings you passion, that gives you purpose. It makes you feel alive. It gives you that drive to live in your excellent self. Mm. Drive to live in your excellent self. So what I would say, the one tip is believe in yourself, right? Don't worry about what other people think that you can or can't do. If you think you can't do it, then you can't. But if you think that you can, 
you're going to, that's going to help you overcome any challenge or obstacles. So believe in yourself is a way of handling your shit. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, next in line. Who's next? I guess I can go. I'm going to say dress up, put on your lipstick, wear your hoop earrings, give your best, best, like your best is best, and God seriously will do the rest. He will handle it because if you give it to the universe and you really communicate with God what you what your intentions are, your dreams, your your even your worries. Because mind you, God already knows what's going through here and what's going through here. But he needs to hear it from us. So we need to really speak to God and touch our spiritual side and he will do the rest. Yeah. It's a living proof and I'm living testament of that. It really mm-hmm. I'm scared, but as long as my faith is bigger than my fear, mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. Amen. Faith bigger than fear. I love that. Oh my God. All right, Anna, it's your turn. Learn to quiet the voice inside that says you're not good enough. You're not supposed to be here. There isn't a place for you. The time is not now. What are are you thinking? Learn to quiet that voice and instead take a chance on yourself and say out loud, I am enough. I'm more than this. That seats for me at that table. Mm-hmm. This space was created for me. I'm magic. I belong here. Don't be afraid to hold space. Take up all the space that you need and make sure that when you have those opportunities, even in the crap shaky voice, you share your story. In whatever way you express yourself, you share it because that is you. And if you don't do it, somebody else will. The universe doesn't wait. It just moves. And God will say, okay, I've opened these doors for you. And it's up to us to step into it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Amigas. Wow, 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 wow. Believe in yourself. Stop those noise, those voices in the head that tell you you're not good enough. That imposter syndrome, right? That hey. is forever present, especially, I mean, in all of us. I would yeah, say, every day. We fight it every day in some sort yeah. of way. You look in the mirror and, oh my God, I, I need to lose X amount of weight. Oh my God, I don't, I didn't say this properly. Oh my God, I didn't do this. We're constantly doing that. And we're so hard on ourselves. What happens if we're actually kind? It's okay. It's okay. Learn how to say it the next time you say it, right? Okay. Maybe don't eat all those cupcakes. (laughs) You know, 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 maybe if we were kind to ourselves, you know, what we see in others, when we compliment others, why is it so hard for us to do that with ourselves? I, I still don't understand that. Right. Thank you so much, amigas. I love you all. I can't wait for us to see each other in person. That's what I and want. I want to see yeah. Roseanne in person and thank yes. you person for, yes. for what you did a few years back and never in our wildest dreams that we think that we would be zooming still during a pandemic, you know, but we made it happen. Yes. We yeah. made, we got our shit done and made it yeah. happen. <laughs> That's right. Did not stop us. Exactly. No, no sorry, Bob. No sorry, Bob. So, amigas, thank you so much for being here, for honoring. It's been my honor for you all to be here together with me in this lovely afternoon. It's not lost in me that, that you all are very busy women. And I'm so grateful to you all. Thank you, my lovely friends. And... To all of you listening out there, remember to live more an intentional life. Always have self-care in your life. Inspire others and know that, you know, associate with yourself with the kindest of people. Yes. So many beautiful tips. Thank you, amigas. So much. I, I, I so love this. I don't even want to... 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.